Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead at Svahana Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. 25th episode, so it's anniversary time and I took the freedom to invite myself to this episode to talk about a topic which is of utter importance for anybody in a digitalization initiative. So no matter if you are working in selling, consulting or implementing SAP's Intelligent ERP at Svahana, Listen up. Five years after the first release, it has become obvious that there are certain patterns of common principles that determine the ease and speed and success of your digital core initiative. Or, in other words, there are things that all those who implement S4HANA fast and with great success have in common. They all did certain things. And whenever I hear partners and adopters telling they have difficulties finding the compelling reason or finding their case, turns out they mostly did not do these certain things. Becoming an intelligent enterprise is not an on-off switch. So there are certain things you should do and principles you should follow. So if you are a customer, partner or SAP consultant, account executive or pre-seller, you better listen to the top five best practices of best-in-class S4HANA adopters. Because that's what I'm going to talk about on this anniversary episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Before we start talking about the five best practices of best-in-class S4HANA adopters, let me lose some sentences why it is so important that you include best practices into your initiative and your S4HANA approach. And it's no matter if you are a SAP employee working as account executive or pre-seller or value engineer, consultant, whatever, or if you are a partner or customer itself, it is a common mistake of initiatives aspiring the higher stages of digitalization that an IT project like introducing the digital core enterprise application would be the sole activity necessary to get this done and to checkmark this issue. The mindset is sometimes, well, conversion done, digitalization achieved. No? No, of course not. It's not that simple. I like to compare it to being sick. Getting antibiotics alone will not help you getting rid of pneumonia if you continue running naked through snow. The medicine... It's one thing. The proper mindset and conduct are as important, so the cure can unfold its full potential. And we are, as SAP, a pharmacist in a certain way. Our applications are medicine. And we want to solve problems. We want to solve, we want to cure diseases at our customers. So we need the three elements. We need, of course, the medicine itself, but also we have to talk about the disease and the cure, which are the best practices. And this correspondence to my experience while being years a trusted advisor to countless companies on the journey to the digital enterprise, there is a definitive pattern. Adopters, 
that had a certain mindset and conduct already at the approach to the topic of digitalization, experienced not only a smoother running initiative and implementation project, but also achieved in the end a process system landscape and an application that brought the horsepower of digitalization much better to the street. I've never met a company that started with the wrong mindset, did not, for example, use certain principles, either knowingly or unknowingly, and miraculously still became a digital champion. It does not work like that. If you miss it from the start, the race is over and all your effort will lead to a result which is subpar and behind the aspired possibilities. And even worse, this missed chance will basically be a constant pulled handbrake in the following years for the development of your company. Something that should be an enabler and an asset concerning maximizing your possibilities would turn out to be a constant burden. The start and setup that so many companies take on, fueled by like unconscious habits, is decisive. So everybody in this situation should take a step back and consider the way to approach his digitalization initiative. I, I really like the example of uh, the CEO of a company that um, made an excellent digitalization setup. And he told the audience in the closing words of his keynote during the big kickoff they made for their initiative. He said, we are glad about every competitor who messes his digitalization up because of jumping into it with the wrong principles. So we want to talk now and introduce you to the top five best practices that said best-in-class S4HANA adopters apart from their competition because they work with the right principles. And this means that those adopters that started with the right mindset and using methods and principles that led to an easy initiative setup, an efficient implementation and a process and system architecture that provided them an unfair advantage over the competition and the best possible setup and readiness for the turmoils of a highly disruptive 21st century. So we want to start off with the number five of this countdown with a principle from strategic architecture setups. And it is prioritized core over edge. What is behind that core over edge? It is you really can get overblown by the many opportunities a digitalization transformation can give you. And there are cases where you may feel hard pressed at the point of decision where you want to start your digitalization initiative and where to put the focus. In such a highly individual situation, it is a general statement like this helpful at all? Well, I prefer to have a differentiated point of view on things. So let's challenge this principle and put its ingredients apart and look at its elements and its conclusion and see if we should agree to it. Since at first it sounds like, yeah, the serial winner of a buzzword competition, which makes a well-founded de debate quite often not really easy. So what is core, what is edge, and should we prioritize one over the other? And why is this important? Well, let's start with core. Well, core is not really one thing, since one thing rarely moves the needle. It's rather a combination of technologies which are working together 
that have at its heart a platform for your mission-critical processes, which are known as enterprise resource planning. So core, it's ERP, as for HANA. And this is ideally based on in-memory technology, of course, and combines a transactional and analytical world and presents that via a revised user experience. You can put it simple. It's a package that every company needs to fulfill its purpose, earn money and make a profit. Edge, on the other side, is a family of powerful microservices that help you to achieve a quantum leap in business outcomes by gaining insights, monitoring real-time events, doing IoT, executing special enterprise processes. It's basically an afterburner for your business. So this premise not only makes a prioritization at first glance difficult, because who would not want an afterburner? Afterburners are cool, but you can criticize the above statement directly with two arguments. First, the statement implies that core has some fixed point at which you can shift your resources to the edge. This is, of course, unrealistic. Development of the core is a journey that barely has an end. So talking about a fixed maturity level that allows a shifting of resources is a rather theoretical practice. Furthermore, there are definitely edge services that will give you benefits even while using an underdeveloped core. All of those points, and there may be more, are absolutely valid. But, and I say this in capital letters, on the other hand, the underlying premise is clear. The basic principles of success in the 21st century are digitalized end-to-end -end processes that put emphasis on customer centricity. That's the battleground. And this is naturally a home game for the digital core. If you put your resources on the edge side in a dedicated attempt to raise as many edge advantages and innovations as possible while neglecting the core processes, you would quickly come to a point where your innovation efforts are running on empty. And I see this very often, like customers saying, okay, digital core is not so much at the moment now in our ur most urgent topic. We want to go first into IoT and so on. But if you do not have a base which is able to work with the input given by these edge technology, this leads nowhere. Without the digital core at, let's say, a certain maturity level that at least matches your efforts on the edge side, your transformation runs out of steam. So simply put, the core is your door opener to the benefits of the edge. And if this door is not open enough, your effort will not work out. And It's a common misunderstanding that innovation lies mostly or exclusively within the edge. This is completely wrong. The game starts much earlier. Profitable enterprises that are set on customer centricity rely on end-to-end -end processes within the digital core. A responsive connection of demand to supply enables personalization and embedded optimization towards a profitable fulfillment, which is heavily reliant on the real-time granular data end optimal execution driven by the digital core. On the other hand, though, also the value-adding core processes designed to operate, for example, or lead to cash, source to pay, total workforce management, they all need the sound foundation of a fully digitalized ERP 
for execution intelligence that put user buy and customer experiences at a next level. So how to what to do now? Prioritize core? Like we said, well, yes, and but it's more of a do one thing without neglecting the other topic. Get the core running as advanced as possible and pull the edge in its slipstream with it. So keep a sound balance, which may be a small tilt towards the core between those two. Edge needs a good core foundation to work properly and an advanced core alone may be not enough for you. So digitalization is going for a digital core, going for an intelligent ERP. So to wrap up the first best practice of our five best practices, prioritize a slightly shifted balance between core and edge with the core leading. And this shift in balance is of course always an individual optimum that differs from customer to customer, but you know what I mean. If you're talking about digitalization, you have to talk about a digital core about a intelligent ERP. And this is S for HANA. Okay, next one. Number four, divide between commodity processes and diversifying processes. What does this mean? Well, a few years ago, I was member of the Strategic Initiatives Council of a German car manufacturer. At the end of each year in December, a conference took place in which board members of SAP and of this car manufacturer as well as the council and representatives of the strategic programs came together to discuss about the progress, direction and roadmap of these initiatives. I remember one specific conference around five years ago where one group was having a hard time. The customer intern working group whose task was to build up a strategy concerning the consume of cloud services was heavily challenged by the then skeptical CIO who wanted to know an easy to use method for classifying processes that could be put into the cloud immediately. Well, the solution to that question is in fact quite simple. Any processes that are commodity processes like for example HR or finance or travel booking and management. So basically everything where there is actually a best practice which can be used by almost any company is a commodity processes and these are candidates to be put to the cloud immediately. You, you don't want to have to do anything with them. You want to consume them as a service. It makes absolutely no sense to run processes in which a car manufacturer works the same as a food supplier or a chemical company in an on-premise environment where everything has to be started up from zero. That has already been done somewhere else. It's much wiser to profit from the experience of others and process best practices that are offered through process as a service offerings. So... The affected line of business, as we said, are in most cases HR, travel, sales, finance. Naturally, those are the areas where cloud solutions offerings are the strongest. The areas where you set yourself apart from the competition, though, um, they are the differentiating processes. That's where you want to up the game and define yourself. That's where the area 
where you want to individualize. That is where you are different than your competitors. Maybe that's where you are better than your competitor. In many cases, you do that either best on on-premise or single-tenant cloud ERP landscapes. So that is this kind of separation. Um, it's it's almost a natural law that is clearly visible. Um, the area of process support via intelli artificial intelligence or machine learning is differently. While in commodity processes, the application providers invest heavily in automation of repetitive tasks. In differentiation processes, the main focus is on gaining insight to action, for example, to enable process excellence in those areas that set you apart from your competition. So separating these two kinds of processing processes is the key for a fast and efficient digital transformation. Having done that, you can then concentrate on those processes that really matter to you, that set you apart from your competition, your differentiating processes. So when you start with a digitalization initiative, do a clear segmentation into commodity and differentiating processes. This guarantees you the best possible result in both process worlds and a fast and efficient implementation. Next one, concentrate on tangible innovation. This topic is about in a wider sense, um, a mutual understanding of two parties while having a discussion about individual innovative aspects when implementing S4HANA. Imagine you are in a conversation. So the side one is an account executive, consultant, pre-seller or value engineer or an adopter internal program lead and you, your aim on that side is to convince management of the benefits of the digital core or to define the innovation setup. And let's get the usual benefits discussion and imagine you are in a situation in which your audience or management wants to talk with you about innovation. On the other side, um, as an interested adopter, you see there a huge benefits potential. But let's assume you are either on the other side of this conversation, an LOB lead, a C-level person that will immediately be asked for innovative added values after this presumed workshop. And it's not about being better at things that you already do, but being able to do things you were not able to do before. So far, so good. Because in this situation, a highly motivated digitalization evangelist meets a highly interested adopter to talk about highly innovative aspects. So... What could go wrong? Well, actually, a lot. It happens often that both parties will leave the meeting with a mixed feeling, not because the topic itself, but you both did a mistake that happens quite often when those two kinds of parties meet in a situation like that. The one side wants to impress and the other side wants to be impressed. And by this, you both are caught in the bigger, better, faster, more trap. Because you fail to connect via tangible and credible two holes for innovative attacks. I want to give you an example. One of, in the, my opinion, most impressive use cases that shows the power of a joint action between the digital core on the one side and the next-gen analytics technologies on the other side is, for example, the digital boardroom. It's a combination of dynamic and real-time applications which are enabling executives to find insights and address ad hoc questions. 
And believe me, whoever has the possibility to witness a demo of the digital boardroom leaves the presentation impressed and highly inspired. But let's take the customer side, who is, for example, in his individual working reality in a situation where he's struggling to get his MRP run through the limited time frame in that every user in this one system landscape worldwide actually sleeps. Of course, he will also be impressed and inspired, but those high-end scenarios should be a vision, a guiding light for his whole digitalization effort and not be the most urgent item on his list of pros for a digital co-implementation. And not would be the first benefit he would attack or should attack to realize during implementation. In fact, just, just concentrating on those or just on those spectacular topics alone can be counterproductive and intimidating. They have their prominent place on your roadmap as strategic visions, but they take time and effort and they are definitely not low-hanging fruits. Both parties, though, should resist the urge to talk exclusively about these spectacular, let's call it fun things, that are thrilling and awesome, but not the first cake on the plate. I always try to put a certain emphasis on an aspect that I call consumable innovations. Those are benefits that are the low-hanging fruits on the innovation tree, and they can be put into practice right at the time of go-life, for example, or within the first year. And there's a lot to crop within S4HANA. Since it is a principle of motivation to start with goals that are reachable or on a short note and do good immediately, you should have a prominent slot in your conversation with your customer for these consumable innovation items. Because, put all impressiveness and inspiration aside, in the end, it will bring more short-term value to an adopter to be able to do the easier to reach things like end-to-end -end capacity planning right after go-life because of, for example, the co-deployment of production planning and scheduling components within the digital core or using, for example, digital core capabilities to work with scenarios and simulations to solve material shortages in real time. So whenever you're talking about innovation, keep a sound balance between inspirational innovation and consumable innovation. And listen, for example, to the podcast episode we did with Timo Diner, because that's where we exactly talk about these things. Portion your prepared showcase portfolio and as such your innovation roadmap of your digital core implementation to short, midterm and long-term benefits that fit to the individual situation of the adopter. Think about the individual specifics and choose wisely from the broad portfolio of benefits that S4HANA offers. Next one, value discussion. Focus on capabilities, not on features and functions. What's this all about? Well, when you ask five different people about the benefits of an intelligent ERP, it's quite probable that you will get at least six different answers. A finance guy will tell you about the choice of a soft close. A logistics guy will relate a lot to the co-deployment possibilities of the detailed scheduling functionalities. And if you find somebody wearing an undercut or a hipster bird or both, he will surely fancy and not stop talking about the power of experience data. While positively said, this shows the wide variety in which an intelligent ERP can do good to you and your enterprise, this may be quite annoying when looking for that one 
elevator pitch like benefit because all those points are all parts of many of what the digital core is all about and if you ask me to choose one dominating benefit and this would probably not be a surprise for anybody who listens to this podcast because I've studied it already sometimes it would be insight to action why well when you have a forward-looking mindset and treat the digital core as a business topic which you always should it's a business topic and we will come back to that later it's not an IT topic you will find yourself in a good starting point to embrace the activities that will make you an intelligent enterprise. And that means that you're not only in a great position to fight off any disruptive industry transformation, but you're able to get out of this defensive situation and disrupt the industry itself. And the central ability that is necessary to accomplish that is insight to action. What does this mean? Well, to get behind my point, we want to divide above benefit in its two parts and start with insight. Well, a certain kind of insight itself is not really new, of course. I remember myself, and I like always to bring this example, um, being a young business consultant in a SCM consulting company at the beginning of my career some 50 years ago. I was providing a lot of insight to my customers by using a lot of data crunching in Excel to tell the customer, for example, where to establish buffers, at which amount in his supply chain. And we did this by a snapshot of his demands, orders and lead times. That's already some insight. But was I right or wrong in what I did? Well, the numbers I extracted and I told the customer were right but only for that moment when the data was extracted by using extracted data me and my fellow colleagues took a snapshot of reality true that was then taken as a source for midterm planning but the situation of demands and orders that lead to these recommendations probably already had changed the moment when we presented that and one or two days later, even more, because maybe the demand situation had changed or the procurement organization had found um, something like a vendor who was able to bring the goods faster. And this all had, of course, or would have had, of course, results and effects on the perfect buffers. So the value of using a static data snapshot within a dynamic environment is quite limited. But that was and is in many cases still the state of the art. And already by relying on aggregates and pre-calculated KPIs in your database, you are working in a foggy environment that will definitely limit your ability. And not only to react to unforeseen events, but to make it even difficult to realize them as that. The unified data model in the digital core enables the so-called single source of truth and this means that we can calculate KPIs on the fly by using not aggregates with undetermined timestamps, but take actual line items. And by this, the digital core enables you to see your KPIs, your situations as they are right now and precise. And this is just the baseline. The possibilities of advanced analytics, of course, give you more benefits. But Insight in this case means that you really see where you are right at that moment. 
And what's the second part? Action. Well, what do bad news or the knowledge about bad news, what does this help you if you get no recommendation how to get out of this or if you get no help by the systems how to get out of this? It's not possible to do something like insight into action if you have a missing link between your analytic system and your transactional system. And whenever you are forced to leave your analytical basis, you lose context and orientation. Furthermore, any automation, decision support or AI is unable to give you a hand since you have a media break between those two disciplines and your transactional support isn't able to connect. So, insight without action is no real help. Or to be more precise, insight always have to have consequences in the routine operations that are guided and managed automatically by your enterprise management system. And this guarantees that you not only get aware of critical situations, but you are able to counteract in the best effective way or in a less critical situation are able to fulfill your goals and KPIs with a maximum of precision and efficiency. With the unified data model of a digital core, which is as for HANA, you have now opened the door to new possibilities by joining these elements together. And this is only able with a modern GUI like Fiori and advanced automation and AI technology, which is in the core of S4, to establish real decision support. And that does not only accelerate processes, but also is able to give you a completely new quality to its results. And all hierarchy levels are profiting from these new possibilities. Not only C-level is able to use the insight-to-action possibilities by, for example, something like a digital boardroom, but also the operative levels can use these decision support abilities to lift their work to a whole new level. Planning, for example, has completely been transformed and set to a completely different level by these capabilities. So, these examples are just a cutout of the vast possibilities that the digital core of S4HANA gives you to put insight into action. But it's true decision support at its best and a consumable innovation that lifts your level of excellence to a new height. So if you want to get a connection between S4 and its possibilities and your strategy, use capabilities. Last best practice, the right mindset. What do I mean with the right mindset? Well, I want to start with a question. Can you imagine a situation where an adopter talks to you with an excited glow in his or her eyes and grabbing you at the shoulder and telling you with tears of joy, we will start our digitalization efforts as a pure IT initiative with purely technical conversion from ECC to S4? Makes no sense? Mm -hmm. Or remember the times when, like Steve Jobs and other inspiring visionary leaders, turned around their fate and of the companies to a better or brought them to a new level of excellence by chanting, we will bring first our old stuff onto the new platform. Then, no, they did not. In the book of least motivational and beneficial approaches to new technology, the purely technical conversion probably actually appears. So, you think that's funny? No, I'm dropped that serious. A purely technical conversion from old to new 
is very often the standard approach by many companies for bringing their processes to the 21st century. And this is a pity and very unfortunate. Imagine, often adopters greet me at their first meeting with the sentence, I am a technical conversion adopter. So for them, the business case starts readily by either taking the old processes 100% over to the new system or do a value case based on how the old processes work better in the new system. And even worse, very often partners in SAP folks support that. And we have to remember, since many as-is company processes are a result of limitations of the legacy system, this approach would mean to prolong those limitations without need. And this legacy ERP you're about to bury, so why continue in driving with the handbrake on? For the sake of not too much change? Think about that. You have the one in 10 years chance now to set things right. Probably your business model has changed, your strategy is different and so on. So it's not about doing things the same way before, but better. It's about doing things you were not able to do before because a lot of the way you work today, you do because it's the only way the legacy system supports. And best-in-class companies don't look back. They have the mindset that they want to get the horsepower to the street and they do that by embracing the benefits of intelligent enterprise. So whenever you start with an S4 initiative, please don't jump immediately into the features and functions discussion. Set up yourself with the right mindset already in the discovery phase. And this right mindset consists of three principles. Principle one, do a forward-looking discussion. This discuss about the adopter strategy and the way an intelligent ERP can help to realize this strategy. Talk about how the business model will evolve in the next three to five years or already has evolved. Talk about what kind of experience the adopter's customers expect from him and also what the competitors are up to in the midterm. Do not start by talking about differences in regard to the legacy ERP. When dealing with the approach to an intelligent ERP for a digitalized world, it is essential for an adopter, vendor and implementing consultants that the adopter is set into a position that enables him to maximize the benefits of the digital core. If you have a backwards-looking discussion, concentrating on the differences to the legacy system or if you limit the benefits discussion to a delta of processes, you will limit the future benefit the adopter will realize. Or to say it with the words of a befriended CIO of mine, we have now a chance we will only get once in 20 years to set things right. Processes and models have changed far more than our ERP. So you should implement your intelligent ERP to mirror not where your company was but where it will be. Remember what Wayne Gretzky said when asked what kind of ability made him the greatest ice hockey player of all time. Was it strength or stamina? No. He said, ice skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it is at this moment or has been. So it is essential that you link the implementation to your strategy and vision, as a digital core can empower you to cope with the changes, the digitalization and disruptions, that will affect your business and not only to react to these changes and disruptions, but 
to lead the digitalization in your business and leap ahead of your competition. So don't ask for the delta, ask for how the digital core can make your strategy run. Be like Wayne Gretzky. And one more word. I get a lot of calls for help at the moment by SAP colleagues and partners alike saying, with the prolong of the end of support from, of ECC from 2025 to 2027-2030, um, their compelling event for a shift to S4HANA is gone. And what shall they do now? Frankly, that's where I respond with congratulations. It seems you positioned S4HANA completely wrong. It is like that. We have to be honest. An end of support should never be your compelling event. I guarantee you, digitalization has far more reasons to offer to you to move. So, see it on the positive side. Now that this fourth compelling event is gone, or at least postponed with the shift, you have now the chance to correct it and to do it right and change the approach of your initiative with the adopter. And in the nutshell, like we said, it is about to talk about the strategy. I'm at the moment, for example, doing this with one of our most complex customers to define his way to S4HANA. And he has 55 ERPs. And the only way to do that in this situation is to define, for example, the perfect customer journey. Then analyze what kind of capabilities you have to offer to make the strategy happen. And then build a target architecture that makes this real. And yes, I talk about capabilities like insight to action, which are a combination of technologies and abilities that, when used, bring the customer to a whole new level and not about features and functions. Because that again can end in a delta analysis, which is a high risk to lead you nowhere. All right, principle two. Treat it as a business project, not an IT project. Well, Surprisingly, this is a consequence out of principle one. When you want to look forward and you want to link your Esfahana approach to the adopter strategies, because you want to do it right, link it to the strategy, yes, and talk then to business. Out of a weird tradition, ERP initiatives are in so many cases covered mainly within the IT department and by such are done in a very IT-ish way and We as SAP and our partners, we are in our comfort zone to talk to IT. But in the age of digitalization, this is as wrong as it can get. Since the digitalization shakes and disrupts the absolute basics of the way we do business, and principle one has taught us to always link the intelligent ERP implementation to your strategy, you have to treat it as a business topic, not only as a IT topic. So your aim should be the executives on C-level and not only the CIO, but also the CFO and the CEO. And if you talk business instead of IT, if you link S4HANA, the digital core and digitalization itself to the company strategy of your S4HANA adopters initiative, it will become an investment and seen as that, not a cost case. And this means a huge difference for the way you do a business case and Since this means different buckets of budget are addressed, this has very positive effect of, on the speed and benefits of your S4HANA approach. So, treat it as a business project, not an IT project. And principle three, 
Keep it simple. Avoid self-made and unnecessary complications. Why do I say this? Well, even in the age of digitalization, your most important helper and asset to find the right approach, your individual right approach, is non-artificial intelligence. It's your brain and imagination, your vision of the future. And although there are now plenty of tools available by SAP and partners that were made to help you gain transparency about the benefits in the discovery phase, and they are in most of the cases very helpful, you should not rely blindly and only on them, but choose them wisely based on your strategic direction and always set their results in context with your individual situation. These services and tools are not mandatory but they are helpful if you use it correctly in suitable situations. I experienced that unfortunately many executions of these tools and services are caused by uncertainty and missing confidence and position in situations where they are basically not needed. Yeah, for example, using a tool for finding business benefits in a conversion scenario while a greenfield approach would be the preferable transition method in the individual adopter situation. So basically you come with a, nice, with a knife um, to a soup lunch. And in this case, it can happen that they do harm in a double way because first they cause unnecessary effort and delays and second, they can backfire in certain cases when they are executed in the wrong situation. So... Choose and use them wisely. So much for now. This was a small, well, over 40 minutes, 360 about the things I learned in the last five years of S4HAN initiatives and implementations. If you use these five best practices, your chances are high that you will not only have a much faster and better understanding, a quicker discovery phase, how S4HANA can help you advance with your business, but also they will give you a mindset that will make your project faster and give you a solution in the end that brings all the horsepower of digitalization to the street. And this is my message to SAP employees, partners and, and adopters alike. Use your own personal unartificial intelligence and imagination and build something out of the possibilities the digital core has to offer. The possibilities for partners and adopters to differentiate themselves by doing the right thing and having the right mindset and using these best practices are endless. Use this chance. In the next weeks we will stay a bit on this topic and have interesting guests like Bill Bowers from the go-to-market team in this podcast to give you more interesting insights into the right approach to S4HANA and keep you on track. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may listen to it. I say thanks a lot and unfortunately in times like these I have to say stay healthy. Take care. Mm -hmm.